Derry. Thinking nine o'clock band. Well, we're uh, we're still in this. Uh, well, we're going to be here probably most of the summer into the uh, purpose-driven family. And last week we started one how to bring out the best in kids and or anyone else uh, for that matter. And uh, we only spoke of one. I believe there's there's five five ways, and we only spoke of one last week, and that was uh, accepting their uniqueness, uniqueness completely. I'm glad to get that behind me. I can't say the word. But uh, we, we got into some things that, that I told you what the enemies of uniqueness are, and we even lose our own uniqueness when we start to compare ourselves with others. And, 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 and we looked at what God said about comparing. He said, don't do it. Amen? But, but we still do it sometimes, don't we? But God says don't do it. And so don't do it. Then he says to conform. That, uh, or don't conform to the world. And uh, we got to stop as parents. Parents do it. To be honest with you, parents do it more than anybody. Is we even try to get our own kids to conform to their peers. To try to look like them. Try to dress like them. To try to act like them. You ought to be like everybody else. So, we got through the, uh, except the uniqueness completely. And uh, we're going to get into the second one today. I want to tell you guys that our goal is, is not to mold our kids into our image. Our goal as parents should be is to help them become what God made them to be. Not into us. Kids are, are, are not made to be molded, really. Kids are, 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 are made to be unfolded. Open up in what's already there. And what God has created there. You know, God, God knows what's inside. I think if anything that I could especially tell a young parent now that mine are grown is, is be a student of your kids. Be a student of your kids. So he said, accept their uniqueness completely. Here's the second thing. We're only going to talk about this one today. I feel that these are real important, especially in the direction where we're headed, I believe, as a church, and I'll get into that later. Affirm their value constantly. Affirm their value constantly. We want to bring out the best in the kids. Not only just accept them, we got to affirm their, their value constantly. This is more than accepting. This is affirming. This is, this is, this is loving them. This is believing in them. This is, this is celebrating them. Enjoying them. And this ain't always to do. You know, but I, I believe we don't, we don't do it enough. You know, I've been, I've been seeing the pictures on, on, on Facebook of the graduations and, and uh, the, uh, the form, uh, uh, formals that, that we're all going to. And, and, and we cele celebrate our kids on special occasions, don't we? And we do that well. But we got to do it all the time. All the time. But guess what else I found out? Adults need it too. 
Adults need affirmation too. I don't think that you can get too much. I don't believe my wife would ever say, Jim, Jim, just, just stop affirming me. That's enough. Just stop telling me how valuable I am. I, and I, you know, I don't think so. I don't think you can give too much affirmation to, to somebody. Your kids, your, 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 your spouses, your employees, your, your co-workers. I think everyone has a deep hunger to be valued. I think everyone has a deep bucket that we ought to be trying to fill uh, with affirmation. To, to, to know that they're important, that they matter. I believe everyone wants to, to, to matter. And, and we gotta, we got to do this constantly because what I've noticed is kids feel bad about themselves a lot. Because when they're out there in the world, the world just piles on this bad stuff, this negative stuff. That, and and, and they, they may not come out and say it, but some kids don't feel they're smart enough. Some kids don't feel that they're, that they're cute enough. They're athletic enough, and things are just, just, just piled on. And guys, when you get so much negative stuff in your life, you know what happens there? Depression. When you get all this day, it's depression. Guys, I want to tell you, there is a lot of depressed kids today. You need to know this. Your kids may be grown. And you're, you're at home and you don't really think about kids anymore. But I'm kind of out there talking to them. And there's a lot of depressed kids out there. Parents, you may be totally oblivious. You may be working two jobs trying to get ahead. And you got depressed kids. There's a lot of depressed kids in there. The, the, the world ain't putting uh, uh, positive stuff on them. So you and I, we got to be piling on our kids. And here's what the Bible says in, in Matthew 10. Not even a sparrow can fall to the ground without our Heavenly Father knowing it. And you are far more valuable to God. You're far more valuable to God than a bird. You mean more than the bird. Why are you so valuable? Why are your, your kids so valuable? I'm going to give you three reasons. I want you to, 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 to write these down. Y'all left your spot in there. And, and the, the very first one I want you to write in there. Because God custom made you. This is why you're so valuable. This is why your kids are so valuable. God custom made you. Guys, you weren't made on an assembly line. You weren't prepackaged and vacuum sealed. He custom made you. And when he made you, he broke the mold. I know when he made me, the mold was broke. But he, you, yours was too. He broke the mold on you. You are one of a kind. There has never been anyone like you or never will there be another one. You are it. And see, that shows that you are custom made. Look at Psalm 139, 13 and 14. Just go back to it. Take that one thing home when you go back to it. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. I wrote out here beside this in my Bible, I'm unique. Then I put, I am irreplaceable. Nobody can be me. 
Maybe I, I think I'm going to go back and write, I can't be anybody else. Nobody can be me. And I can't be anybody else. You were made by God. You're custom made. The second thing I want you to write here is Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. You really want to know how much you're worth? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. That's how much you're worth. You're worth dying for. Everyone in here, you're worth dying for. He wants you in heaven. He wants a relationship with you, so he paid for your sins. 1 Peter 1.19. Let me go to it real quick. It says, but with the precious... Let me read 18. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but look at here, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. That's how valuable that you are. God made you, and then he paid for you. You know, I like to trade. What I found out is if something's value is worth whatever somebody else is willing to pay for it. Look at the cross. Look at the cross and you'll see what you're worth. You're worth the blood of Jesus Christ. The third thing is this. Why are you so valuable? Is God's Spirit lives in you. God's Spirit lives in you. You are the house for His Holy Spirit. Guys, that sounds so simple that the Holy Spirit lives in you. But if you really get your arms around that, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He lives in you. You were made by God. He, 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 you were paid for by God. And now the Holy Spirit lives in you. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says this right here. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own. You're not your own. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. Guys, ladies, you are valuable. You are valuable. The Father created you. The Son died for you. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are valuable. Your kids are valuable. They were created by God. Jesus died for them. And the Holy Spirit dwells in them. Your children are valuable. So how can we uh, affirm our uh, values as a parent of our, of our kids? Well, I think there's three more ways. And I forgot to leave you blank. So just figure out a place to write them down. But write this down right here. This is one way that we can affirm values in our children. Visual attention. Visual attention. Not only in our kids, but in our spouses and our friends too. We were talking about this in EMA this morning. I'm going to tell you something, guys. If I could, I would require every male 13 and above to go through EMA. I would require but I'll say this, if you don't go through it, you're missing out. And it's your choice to miss out, miss out a blessing in, 
And, and I say this, if you don't go through it, you're just lazy. It's good stuff. It's growing stuff. Visual attention. I'm going to tell you something, guys. The way that, that you and me, we look at our kids reveals how, how much we value them. The, the way we look at them. And you know what look I'm talking about. There's a look that withers. And there's a look that affirms. Guys, when you pay attention to something, it means you value it. You don't pay attention to people you don't value. Am I right? You won't even hardly look at them. You could, you could take this to the bank. Your eyes are a tool of your expression of love. Your eyes. Your eyes. Matthew 10, 30 says, Your Father in heaven pays great attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. God knows how many hairs are on your head. I'm going to tell you a secret too. He knows what color it should be too. Amen? <laughs> I was thinking about that when I wrote that. <laughs> Just to let you know, you ain't hiding nothing. <laughs> but that's how much attention God pays to you. No one is going to love you like God does. Gosh, you, you can spell love by attention. I used to, especially when Sarah was little, I was young, and that was back when we used to actually read newspapers. Y'all remember that? When they were actually paper, and it wasn't the phone. And, and, uh, She'd say, Daddy, 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 talk to me, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And I'd say, I, I'm, I'm listening, honey, I'm listening. And about that time, a little hand would come over the paper. No, Daddy, look at me. She knew I wasn't paying attention. She wanted me to love her. She wanted my eyes to be on her. Am I right? I'm going to tell you something, guys. If you're doing it in my diner, you're doing it everywhere else. Men, women, you come in for a lunch date with your wife. Both of you get on the phone. You're not looking at each other. You ain't paying no attention to one another. You're watching whatever's on the screen. Your eyes never meet. Pay attention to your spouse. That goes for women, too. That's not just men. Pay attention to one another. Your eyes. Your eyes are, are an expression. Your eyes are a tool that you, you can use to love someone. Amen? Amen? You know, sometimes I think, you know, I used to think, I, I have men come to me tell me, Jim, I, I don't know what else my wife wants. I buy her everything. She don't, she don't have to want for nothing. Got her a new car. I just bought her a brand new pair of oven mitts the other day. I don't know what else she wants. You know what I tell her? She wants you. She wants you. You're out working 12, 14, 16 hours a day, and what she really wants is you. 
Ain't no amount of money you can, you can make that replaces your attention. That, that, that you, your time. You know why? Because your attention is priceless. Your attention is your time. You just got so much time in your life. You can make some more money tomorrow. You just got so much time. You're not getting it back. And your spouse knows that. And when I'm giving you my attention, I'm giving you my life. That's what I'm giving. And when I'm giving you my attention, I'm saying you're worth it. You're worth it. And one of the ways that you affirm your kids is to pay attention to them. To look at them. Look at them. One of the ways that you can to, 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 to tell your spouse that they're valuable is to look at them. One of the ways that you can tell your friends that they're valuable is to look at them. Put the phone down. Please. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Please. Secondly, another way we confirm value is this. Physical affection. Physical affection. God says this in Hosea 11, 4. God said, I drew them to me with affection and love. I picked them up and I held them to my cheek. And parents know what I'm talking about here. Drew me near. When you draw your child near, near to you, your grandchild or your niece or your nephew or any child, you're saying, I love you. That touch says, I love you. You pick them up and, and, and you can feel this tenderness. And, and, and God, as you read this, you can, you can just feel God saying, I love you. Guys, I want to tell you something. You know, some more than others, I don't like a whole lot of touch. But your skin is made to be touched. Did you guys know that? You actually need touch to thrive. And I ain't talking about sexual touch. I'm talking about tender touch. Did you know that, that, that babies, if they're not touched enough, they get what they call failure to thrive syndrome? Did y'all know that? Failure to thrive syndrome. And what that, what that hinders is brains don't develop. I got some friends that ain't been touched in a while. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, y'all need a bunch of people laying hands on you. But, but all joking aside, it's true. It's true. It's why nurses in what are they called NICU. NICU uh, places from time to time will go in and rub the baby and massage. While they're there, they go in and just touch the baby. The pre-babies, the touch helps brains develop. No touch. It's stunning. It hinders the development of the brain. Your kids need touch. And some of you guys will Jim, I'm just not a, I'm just not a touchy guy. I'm just not a touchy guy. I got something to say. Get over it. Amen. Just get over it. Just get slap dab over it. Because you can learn anything if you love. You can learn anything if you love. You can learn that. Guess what? You need it too. You need it too. 
That may be why your brain ain't developed. Amen. You think you don't need it. See, here's one I got to practice on. As you can tell, I got to practice on it. Third way to affirm is verbal appreciation. Verbal appreciation. Tell people how valuable they are. Now, I've been practicing on this. I've been, well, from time to time, I'll send a message to Angie and the kids saying, you know, you're fun. You're intelligent. I've just been affirming them in different words this week. They didn't know what was going on. That's all I was doing, like three words. You are this. They didn't know what was going on, but I'm going to tell you something. They responded. They responded positively. And you thought something was wrong with me. She said, I don't know what's wrong, but I like it. Don't stop. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something, dads. I want to tell you something. Husbands, dads. Don't do like I did in the beginning and just write, happy birthday, dad. I'm talking about a birthday card if you hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> happy birthday, Jim. I found that out by looking at Sarah. My, my, my two children, both are very good writers, and Sarah had posted something on Facebook. I had made her a homemade card and it's several years ago, and I wrote, what she meant to me and, and I affirmed her as a person in Christ and, 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 I, and, and told her happy birthday and I wrote more than one line more than happy birthday dad well she put that was the most treasured thing she'd ever had your words are important verbal appreciation do more than happy birthday dad write a couple of lines amen it don't take you but a second Isaiah 43 4 says God says, you are precious to me. I treat you with honor, and I love you. My question for you today is, are you telling your kids, are, are you telling your spouse that they're precious? Are you telling them, it don't take but a second, to tell your spouse, you're precious to me. You mean so much to me. It means so much to your family. Do you know what the word appreciation means? It means raises in value. Appreciation just means raises in value. However many of you, have you ever bought a brand new car? Then you know what depreciation means. As soon as you drive it off the lot, it, you lose thousands of dollars. So my question here is, what are you doing with your kids? What are you doing with your spouse? Are you raising their value with appreciation? They could just merely say, I appreciate that, honey. You know, do you appreciate, do you raise their value? I don't think not, I don't think not one of you has a mean enough bone to say, I got up this morning and I wanted to, to depreciate my wife. I don't think not one of you walked in here this morning and said, I want to bring the value of my kids down. But we do. Sometimes we do just because we don't say it. I'm talking about verbal appreciation. 
Sometimes you, they depreciate because you, you don't say it. You say, well, I appreciate her. Tell her. I appreciate him. He works all the time. He provides. He's a great protective of our family. Tell him. Tell him. Bless you. <laughs> Appreciation means to raise in value. Every time you do this, you raise the value. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. The world ain't helping none. The world ain't helping none. Are you raising the value with your, your friends? Co-workers? Employees? Do you raise their value? Proverbs 12, 25 says, A word of encouragement does wonders. Amen? It does wonders. You know what I want to start telling my kids? And, I, and I'm going to give you this. I, I, somebody else told me, I, wish, I sometimes wish that I could, you know, I've always told you, I told my kids that, that you know what you have to do for me to love you? And my answer is absolutely nothing. But you know what I'd love to go back and tell them that? I, I, do you know what I love about you? And I, I'd long for them to hear say, what, Daddy? I'd say, absolutely everything. Everything. I love everything about you. Not one thing would I change. I love everything about you, Sarah. I love everything, almost everything about you, Lou. <laughs> Guys, one comment. One comment from you could change the trajectory of somebody's life. One comment. One comment. That's all it takes. If you appreciate someone, affirm it. Tell them. Verbally say it. Our nation will never... Could never be strong without its communities. And our communities will never be stronger than its churches. And our churches will never be stronger than its families. I believe that today in America, the reason that we're having so many problems is that 40% of children in America are growing up without the presence of of a male in their house. Of a male. In their house. We're trying to, to, to pass on a civilization. Without dads. We're trying to do this. Guys we need the masculine perspective. And we need the feminine perspective. In our lives. And our children need it. Men and women need each other to be complete, to, 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 to create the image of God. We need each other. Masculine and perspective. 75%. Some kids, some kids grow up. 75% of kids grow up without a father's presence in their house. I ain't talking about a male. I'm talking about without their dad's presence in their house. 75%. That's the bad news. 
Here's the good news. Because studies have shown that the number one predictor of whether a child is going to be to, to succeed in life is not their intelligence, it's not their money, it's the presence of a caring adult in their life who affirms and accepts their uniqueness. That's the good news. And it doesn't have to be a parent. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be an adult who cares. It could be a teacher. It could be a coach. It could be a neighbor. Guys, I want to tell you, we got a pile of kids in our community that, that, that need love. And we're about to close on an old Adairsville Elementary School gymnasium with 9.9 acres of land. We're going to have basketball. We're going to have soccer. We're going to have flag football that I know of. There's a lot of kids that need, that need people who care in their life. One comment or one touch from you could change the trajectory of their life. You don't need to sit at home. This ain't the only time that you need to be a Christian is on Sunday morning. There's folks that need you. We're going to be trying to do something with the elderly there. You know, I told you, you need to have somebody in your life from all different ages. We want to work with each other. One touch. One positive affirmation. There's going to be some opportunities for you to work with kids. You know, you might say, well, my kids is grown. I, I, I ain't going through that again. Shut up. No. Yeah. Guys, we got work to do. Do you really want to make a difference? Oh, you could be home watching TV. You could catch up on what's happening with Fox. They just fighting CNN. I'll go ahead and tell you that. <laughs> if you watch CNN, they just fighting Fox. One loves Trump. One loves Pelosi. Or do you really want to matter? Do you really want to change someone? There's going to be plenty of opportunities for you. They just need somebody that cares. Lots of folks need somebody that cares. You may not be a parent. You, you, your kids are gone. There's going to be plenty of time for you. I'm going to tell you, if you've never been a parent, you still need kids in your life. You need kids in your life. They need you. They need you to accept them. They need you to, to affirm them and spend time with them. I know, I know some of you had a tough time growing up. I'm right there with you. You had a tough, tough time growing up. You're, you come from a broken home. Probably parents were divorced. I'm with you. Here's what I want to tell you. You are a product of your past. But you are are not a prisoner of it. Amen. 
You are a product of your past, but you are not a prisoner of it. Guys, you can change. It's time to mature. It's time to pour your life into someone else. It's time to affirm someone else. It's enough being selfish. You know, I hope my kids one day when they, they speak over me or however they call it, speak over me, says, yeah, my, my dad, we shared him with the community, but we got the lion's share of him. But we did share him with the community. Guys, you need to share your life with the community. If you're not, you're missing out. If you're not, you're just leading a selfish life. Let's pray. My Lord. My Lord, you've set us on a pace. I believe you've set us on a pace to reach out to some folks that some would consider unlovable, to, to some folks that would, would consider just almost disposable. Lord, help me, pastor folks. Help, help me and help our leaders uh, uh, teach people that we're going to love the unlovable, that everyone is valuable, that everyone is important. And Lord, help us change the trajectory of someone's life. Help us begin to learn how to speak value into others. Help us, help us as, I'm just, Lord, as men, as men, and, and, and help us to, to, to affirm our, our spouses. Help us to get over ourselves and what we were raised to be and able to touch our children. My Lord, now I ask you to bring those kids. Bring those elderly. You've given us a place in town. Bring them to us so that, that we can be used by you to change their lives for the better. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.